Welcome to the Made for Mondays podcast, where each week we talk about how to be love in our day-to-day lives. Now, here are your hosts, Executive Director at Believer's Church, Heather Carl, and Senior Pastor of Believer's Church, James Stewart. Hey everybody, I'm Heather. Who are you, fellas? You want to go first, Sam? What's up, guys? I'm Doug. How are y'all doing today? Oh my gosh, what a special day. I finally got mentioned in the fellas. I know. Yeah. It, I'm Sam. Each week we're building on My name is your Samuel. Here. And I'm oh. here to stay. At least till Jamie gets back. Then he kicks me out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Jamie vacation weeks. <laughs> They're the best. For many reasons, but mainly I get to talk uh, a lot more on the podcast. How many times did you play golf this week? <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. I actually, I we tried could, to play golf, but nobody say, could play golf with me this week. We could so. fix that in post. We <laughs> so zero. Zero times. You were still recovering from your wisdom teeth. Yeah, we didn't talk about that last week. I had my wisdom teeth out last Monday, and uh, I thought I was doing really, really well. Uh huh. So I like got off pain meds like way too early. Right. So I had a rough, rough middle of the week, but things are things are getting better. That's good. No, no complications too much. That's awesome. It it sounds like your experience is infinitely better than mine when i was it's it's way better than anybody's experience i told me i mean i had the worst stories which people don't you understand like be nice to people when they're going to have a surgery don't tell them your terrible stories is that a rebuke towards me (laughs) no i think people think that they are being nice by telling you what to expect yeah it did not feel nice okay well the cool thing is is now you can share your story and you can set people's expectations unrealistically in the other direction that's and they true go into <laughs> it it's super easy. no pain so easy. it's so easy it's like i just woke up from an amazing nap no now i have to say i am i need to apologize because i just attacked you about that but i did that because i had a root canal many many months ago and it was awesome. I fell asleep during it. So I've told everybody that. And I've had several people come back and be like, yeah, we didn't yeah, fall asleep. Like it's the me. worst ever. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. Like panic attack uh, situation. <laughs> we don't need to get into more health issues with Heather. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, I feel like that's what this podcast uh, is turning into. I know. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's, Let's move talk on. about, are you guys listening to, we love podcasts around oh, here. Yeah. Not just being on them, but listening to them. Are you guys listening to anything fun lately? Doug's gonna he's gonna Jesus card me on this one for sure impossible it's okay yeah I promise I won't I've I've been listening to some a really good sports podcast but I love it but there's no sports happening right now oh, yeah. well they're getting ready to start tonight thank goodness and you know you two don't really care it's about at time. All. what is it called but somebody listening has to be able to understand that sports is start like there's sports people out Dude, there yeah that are I've been missing sports ball since it's oh, been <laughs> since it's been like quarantine so mode. you guys do your thing there's a bunch of sports things I listen to. I just listened to um, Bill Simmons, and he goes back and talks about all these old basketball games that used to happen and breaks them down, and it's really cool. Like, I yeah. know you guys don't care, but... No, man, that sounds And great. I know it's not super spiritual, but, you know, that's, that's what this pod, that's what my, Made for Mondays right. is. Yeah. That's that's where you can get some spiritual okay. take. But you guys go ahead and discuss your <laughs> your Jesus-loving <laughs> podcast that you guys so do. so irritated. so upset right now. Because I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been listening to the um, um, the Bible Project. They have this new series. I think they just wrapped it up, and it was really it was really awesome looking at um, you know different ways of understanding uh, Paul's letters and just like the letters to the church. Mm. So how can we read them within the context that they were actually written? Which is really really tough because like our culture is not the culture that was that it was written to originally. Right. So we bring all kinds of weird. Um, you know, outside influences when we read the Bible and we could take something as simple as like, like when Paul says like to be a living sacrifice, Mm -hmm. like, Oh wow. What does that mean to me as an American? Right. Um, in In 2020, yeah, 2020, 2020, not 2020. So what what does that mean to me? And, um, man, we can go into it with like such a, an incorrect understanding or just like a, like a basic understanding and miss like the deeper meaning behind it. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was like been really challenging and it's kind of helped me to like have a, a better appreciation for what Paul was doing and who he was writing to. And it forces me to actually do good Bible study and not just wake up in the morning and do like a verse of the day. Right. Like for me to find that context, I actually had to like read it and study it. And um, yeah, let it become like a, a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Not just like, let's fit it in whenever I have a, a, a free couple minutes. Yeah. And the Bible Project guys are so great because you can listen to their podcast. They also have a YouTube channel. Um, you can also, they have several of their reading plans and stuff are on the version app, the Bible app. 
So if podcasting isn't super your thing and you're just being gracious by listening to us ramble on <laughs> yeah. and on, um, you can find the Bible Project resources in a lot of spaces. Yeah, it's been really challenging for me in, in understanding how to read God's Word. So mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. If, yep. you, um, if you're looking for more study or just somebody to help coach you in how to understand the Bible, mm-hmm. that's a great place to start. Yeah. We also around here love listening to Theology in the Raw with Dr. Preston Sprinkle. So he has some really good stuff happening right now. Very challenging. Yeah. And what's great about um, Theology in the Raw is he often has people on that he doesn't necessarily like align completely with his train of thought. Um, So there's a lot of good discussion that can happen on that particular podcast. Yeah. And I I appreciate him so much because I feel like he's able to do, he's able to like, you know, show respect to Mm -hmm. the other person and their view, but at the same time, uphold God's word. Yep. So like he's able to to stand on the, the foundation of the Bible and not compromise what it says, but still be like, yeah, just humbled and genuine in his love for somebody who maybe disagrees with him. Mm -hmm. And I think he's able to do that better than I can do. And yeah. I listen to him and I'm humbled all the time. It's right. amazing. It's very. Sad. Every time it, <laughs> listening to Preston scares me because I'm always like convicted afterwards. Yeah. Mm. And I know it's not, it's not him. It's the Holy spirit working through him for sure. <laughs> right. And we'll talk about that later on. Too, oh, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. But man, it's, he, he just, I, I agree with you. He has such a way of, of putting words together that just changed. It changed my heart. Mm-hmm. Like we went and listened to him up in, in Richmond, Richmond. Yep. And that was, I mean, I still go back to that and I've had so many conversations off of that. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Um, and then right now I'm really enjoying listening to the, that sounds fun podcast with oh, cool. Annie F downs and every, well, she's very into the Enneagram and so last summer she did the Ennea summer and she's doing it again this year. And I just find it, super fascinating to learn about that and I was not a big like I didn't buy into the Enneagram thing for a while but I love her podcast because it's not just like this kind of book sort of this is how you do the Enneagram this is how it has to apply to your life blah 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 but it's more like just kind of exploring how it can help you understand yourself and the people around you And so she has throughout the summer, like every week, she has two people from a particular number. So there's nine numbers in the Enneagram. So it's a male and a female. Usually one is married and one is single. And they just talk about like how they see the world and how they process things in their life. And it's a really great way to be like, oh, yeah, I totally relate to that. Or I have someone in my life that that's why they do what they do or how they respond the way they do. So that's been really fun. And it's like a little bit, it's not heavy. It's just kind of a fun, that sounds fun podcast. So let's get into this. What, what numbers are we? What number are you? I don't believe in it. (laughs) Sam knows. So Sam's a two. Twos don't believe in anything. I'm a one. Are you really? I am. That's awesome. With a nine, right? Nine is the service. Nope, you're a two wing. Two's the service, yeah. I, was so say I always forget which which way it goes, but I'm a two wing. Okay. Yeah, I'm an eight with a seven wing. Cool. I, I'm a nine with a one wing. Yes. So Sam, I was about to say we are like polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So if anybody doubted the Enneagram, yeah. we are the perfect example. Yeah, the so example good that it's probably it's pretty truth. close. <laughs> yeah, it's man, it's so good because like for me, like. Like, no, you can't really put yourself in a box, right? So if you find out what Enneagram number you are, it's not saying like this completely describes you. Right. But it's such, it does such a good job of explaining, um, you know, the the deep, um, I guess, responses mm-hmm. and the, the purpose behind what we do, what we do. And for me, it was amazing to look at, like, when I'm healthy, this is what the spirit's going to be doing in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I'm unhealthy, this is what selfishness is going to be doing in my life. Yep. And for me to be able to identify those two things, it helps me to truly, um, yeah, just to allow God to work and I can identify those things even better. Whereas mm-hmm. before it was like, oh no, it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing the church thing. I'm doing the work. I'm mm-hmm. reading my Bible and doing the stuff. But on a deeper level, what does it look like when the fruits of the spirit are actually active in my life with my unique personality? Yeah. And for me, that's just, it, it's incredible to be able to identify those and articulate what they are. Right. I really like too that it, 
it's based on like there's all kinds of personality tests out there I mean we've all been a part of taking them for work environments and school and small groups and whatever like there's just so many what I do like a lot about the Enneagram is it's the sort of like definer is what motivates you and I think that's unique and then I also like that at least in Christian circles around the Enneagram, because there's definitely secular view on it as well. But um, it's just that we all have all nine, like all nine of the um, personalities, I guess, are attributed to God's character. And so because we're made in his image, the approach would be that we all carry all nine of them in some form or fashion. We just kind of have a leaning to one more than the others. So yeah, I know, Heather, you've gotten into these a lot more than, than I have. Mm-hmm. And in our world where nobody agrees on anything, is mm-hmm. there like a, um, is there a big like Enneagram war going on? Like people are like, this is not right. It doesn't work. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Not I true. Mean, there's, there's the view that it's not true or real or whatever. And then there's also like that it's um, like in like not biblical like we shouldn't be looking like that it's all like evil (laughs) i've heard it compared to like horoscopes right like oh yeah i'm a libra Mm -hmm. i'm a nine Mm -hmm. well you did scare you scared me a little bit you said we have all those personalities so i have nine personalities well we have all of the like character traits like we all you know (laughs) but yeah you probably do have nine personalities (laughs) yeah i get shift Not so much with the ones. They're yeah. pretty like. Yeah, we're pretty solid. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say they're the best number, but we are number one. Yeah. For a reason. <laughs> and kind of jerks. Yeah, pretty much. Fair but enough. Eights are jerks too. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Doug nines, is the only one Doug's that's not the a only jerk. Nice one. And you guys talking about how much jerks there are. I just feel bad for you. I want everybody to get yeah. along. Like, Come on, guys. Come on, guys. You're not that bad. <laughs> Um, uh, it, I, I think I, I I would love to share a book that I'm reading too. It's okay. It's amazing. It was it was actually recommended by the um, Bible Project guys. Um, it's called Lost Letters of Pergamum, and I think I don't know if I pronounced that right. Okay. Um, it, it's it's a book that is like a fictional um, back and forth uh, dialogue between um, Luke from the Bible and this guy who is a non-Christian mm-hmm. who's trying to understand what Christianity is. And oh, it's written like within that time period. So um, between the letters, you kind of read what the early church would have actually been like mm-hmm. and like what culturally was happening around that time, um, what a Roman citizen would have thought about Christianity and, and from a Christian standpoint, what they would have thought about Roman culture and how they could have, you know, how they're trying to grow the church. They're trying to, um, you know, proclaim their faith, but they're mm-hmm. also undergoing like severe persecution. So it's an amazing like back and forth dialogue between Luke and this guy. And you see like, you know, this Roman citizen understanding Christian Christianity slowly. At first he's completely opposed to it. Mm-hmm. He thinks they're crazy and they're, you know, a, a crazy um, cult and he slowly starts opening up to it mm-hmm. and he becomes a believer. And oh man, it's so good. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is like just from the aspect of understanding the early church better. Right. I think it's really, um, I, I recommend it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Andy Stanley in his book Irresistible refers to the way as a cult. Oh yeah, like the when the early Christian church was started, and it that's what they referred to themselves as is the way, and the Roman Empire did view them as like this cult group. So that's really interesting that they do the same in that book yeah all right well we are actually recording this on thursday the 23rd wait um, a second wait i thought we were supposed to act like it was monday it's not no. monday right now i told you guys i was oh, telling we're not. them oh, okay. we're not pretending then why does monday feel like a monday so confused. <laughs> yeah, the worst thursday that's ever. <laughs> um but yeah everyone's on vacation next week so we needed to get this recorded now so on sunday we're going to be continuing our Uh, You asked for its series, and we're going to be talking about what is truth. So what I love, I have loved so far about this series is, you know, we started off with the question, if God is in control, why is the world so out of control? And it was just a really great kickoff to this series and very relevant to, to what we're feeling right now. And Jamie did a great job with that. And then last week we were able to talk Um, about all kinds of things through our panel discussion and that was 
a really great way to just kind of get some of the questions out there that are common questions but didn't really like fit into a category so we could just kind of talk through those at the front end and um, then this week as we talk about what is truth I think it's another just sort of foundational to the rest of the series so um, what are some of the other things that you think as we hit on throughout the rest of the series that actually point back to that question what is truth yeah, I mean, everything, if you think about it, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, every question that we have is is asking for, like, a, a truth statement. Like, this is a, a problem I have or a complication I'm going through or a doubt that I'm struggling with. So, like, what is what is the truth behind this? Mm-hmm. So, I think truth is everything. It's the foundational. Um, I mean, it is the foundation of, of everything we're talking about in the series. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be laying that foundation this Sunday. Yeah. And then um, Jamie's going to be following that up with just sort of uh, what's in the Bible, what's in it for me, how do we read scripture, how do we interpret, you know, and that's, I think, where a lot of um, truth distortion comes from, mm-hmm. is that we kind of have this idea that all of the things that are in the Bible are true for us today in the same way that when they were written. Yeah. And so just kind of unpacking that is what he'll be doing. And then you're going to be talking about how does science and faith coexist? I love some of the overlap we're seeing in the series. Mm-hmm. So Jamie kicked off the first week looking at Genesis and, um, you know, the, the role that God gave us to to kind of rule, to, um, you know, to be his representatives on earth. And we're kind of revisiting some of that, um, you know, especially in the fi- the science and faith talk. Like we're talking about Genesis a lot because that's that's one of those big scientific questions. We read Genesis one and we see all the science around us and we're asking like, man, how do I read Genesis correctly? And how do I still listen to the scientific community? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's amazing that we're, we're seeing some of these same themes happening throughout the whole series and um, just kind of building on it and looking at it from different contexts as well. Yeah. Um, So let's today in the rest of our time that we have, we have some more questions that, don't necessarily fit into some of those Sunday morning categories. So we're going to kind of answer some of those. So the first question we have is, at night when I pray, I thank God for my day and I ask him to forgive me of my sins, but I don't list any sins. I just uh, covering any sins I may have committed throughout my day. And the question is, is this wrong? (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, like, so when I first read this question, I, I think there's this, like, um, it's easy for us to try to split forgiveness and repentance Mm -hmm. and to say like, yeah, man, we just really want God to forgive us. But the idea of repentance is actually turning away from those things. Right. And I find it really difficult to turn away from something that I don't realize I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Mm, So if I can actually call out that sin and ask for that forgiveness, um, and like call it by name even, then it's it's something that's in my mind, it's in front of me, and I, I know it, and I can actually turn from it. I can try to get mm-hmm. better at that thing. Yeah, we talked about also the idea of like our first 15. Mm-hmm. So you wake up in the morning, or whenever you choose to do in your day, I still think the mornings are the best. You just mm-hmm. get your day started that way. Like that's a great time to sit down, have prayer. But the idea of like being in prayer throughout the entire day. So when you do something, like the Holy Spirit's going to let you know, like, hey, that wasn't right what you just did. Uh, I read a great story from a guy. Uh, he posted it, and it was it was going around Facebook. It was turning viral. And uh, he was going in to buy donuts, and the lady got mm. in this, like, mask battle. He was really mad that she told him because he, like, pulled it down, and she was rude to him. So he said, you're rude, and he left and blah, 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 driving down the road with his kids. And the Holy Spirit convicted him, and he turned around. He went back to the store. He went up to the manager. He apologized, asked her to forgive him. And they had this, like, amazing experience together mm. where they laughed and joked. She talked about how stressful it's been with this mask thing and owning a business and running it. And I think that's the idea is like the Holy Spirit, if we listen, like he will convict us yeah. of the sin, like on the spot. Mm-hmm. And it's then our choice to like, well, do I do I ask for forgiveness? Do I need to do something to make sure that it's being taken care of? Um, but I love that idea. Like you should you should say what that sin was. You should make yeah. it clear in your heart. Like, yeah, that wasn't right. I need to I need to ask forgiveness for that. Yeah. I think even when we look back at like the original sin, like God knew what Adam and Eve did, but he still asked them what they did like he asked them to be specific in saying like this is what we did we ate this fruit 
we disobeyed. So I think there's something there that like, yeah, God knows, like he knows all things. And so he knows the choices we're making, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. So there's, it's not like wrong to just kind of say like, Lord, just forgive me for the sins that I've committed today. But there's, by being specific, I think just what you guys were both sharing, like you become aware of the things that you need to improve on and be working on. But I think it also allows for there to be intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we see that even in our own like personal relationships that we're in. If we're if we're not just being honest with ourselves and with others about things, um, there's like lack of intimacy. They don't know. They don't really know you. And God wants to be fully known and he wants us to be allow him to fully know us. And so I think there's something to that like yeah there's the confession there's the awareness there's the turning from the sin but then there's also that relational component that happens that says like yeah I'm trusting that I know that God loves me unconditionally so I'm just walking in honesty and being trustworthy that like or trusting that he loves me despite whatever I say right now yeah yeah you were saying just about like the intimacy, I think it develops your relationship with the Holy Spirit too. Mm -hmm. When you do those things, Mm -hmm. like you just become more in tune with what he's saying to you and what he's convicting you about. And I don't know if you can do a podcast without a Billy Graham quote, but I love this quote because I found it. Uh, And it just says, you know, he said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict God's job to judge and my job to love. And like that love is not just loving other people, but like loving yourself and loving Mm -hmm. that relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit enough to be able to know when he's correcting yeah. you and to make a change in that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I love what James writes um, in chapter five. He says, confess your sins to each other mm-hmm. and then um, so that you may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yeah. And, and men, how how many of us actually do that, right? Right. Like we have that person, that other human in our life that we are so close to that we can actually confess our sins to them yeah. and they can hold us accountable. And yeah, we, we find it difficult to do with God. And I think the next step, like once we learn how to do that well, like actually call out our sins and do our best to turn from them, to find that other person mm-hmm. that we can say, hey, these are my struggles. Yeah. Like, you know me, you know what I'm going through and you know how to call those things out. And um, I think that's that, that next step in mm-hmm. this. Can you give us an example, Doug? Let's just start right now. Um, <laughs> one, you just throw out a sin and so we're just going to... Yesterday, yeah. I was walking into a donut shop oh, no, and nice. I didn't have oh, a that was you. Wow. That was me. Oh, no. Holy smokes. Dude, your post went viral. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Next question. God says to love thy brother. I have a brother that I have forgiven for all of his wrongdoings to me and my siblings over the years, but I cannot find love in my heart for him. Will God forgive me? This is a this is a tough one. Um, so I was listening to John Mark Comer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a pastor at Bridgetown, um, and he said, and man, when he said this, it, it rocked me to my core. He said, "Our families are a training ground to teach us how to love others well." Mm. So for whatever reason, and he was saying for him as a pastor, he feels the same thing. For whatever reason, we we are way more harsh on our family members than we are on total strangers. And I think it's because we spend so much time with them. We, we know their intentions. We know their motives. Like we know everything about our family members. Um, so a lot of times we find it way more difficult to forgive and to love and to treat with respect. And um, man, and I think looking at it like that, like if your family is a training ground to teach you how to truly authentically love unconditionally, then yeah, it's going to be tough. But it's something that we should strive for. Yeah, when I when I first read the question, actually, I, I would say that like you are showing love already. Like you forgave him. Like that's I I can't think of a more loving thing to do than to forgive somebody that's that's hurt you, that's harmed you, that's affected your life negatively. Um, so maybe don't be so hard on yourself, like right yeah. off the top. But also like there's that protection and Pastor Jamie's preached on that and he's talked and taught on that so many times is like if someone's hurting you in your life there's a difference between forgiving and then just like letting them back in to cause more damage like there can be protection there and I think sometimes when you do that uh, it feels like you're not love it feels like you're not loving and I don't know if that's 
necessarily yeah, where this question's coming from I, but that's kind of what i thought too with the question is like you can extend forgiveness to someone even if they haven't come to you in repentance like you can in your heart like extend forgiveness to them um but then yeah like what you were just saying sam i think there's probably the concern is if i'm putting up a boundary around what that relationship has to look like that maybe that's not being loving that's yeah. I'm assuming is probably some of the concern, which I think is something that so many people, I know I've struggled with that in my own life and in in my own relationships, particularly with family members. Um, And I think that's so true. Like you can still be loving. You don't have to be um, hurtful back to them. You don't have to be seeking revenge. You can, you can even be praying for them for, there to be like full restoration in their spirit and soul with with Jesus and you know all of those things those are very loving things to do while still keeping whatever um, distance needs to be kind of up for even if it's for a long period of time that just may be where that needs to go and you can still be loving in doing that yeah and I think it is like I think that type of forgiveness where it's like actual forgiveness where you're you're no longer holding onto that hurt Mm -hmm. you've released it you've you actually want what's best for the other person Mm -hmm. as well yeah um like we learned that because jesus loved us first yep so like first john says we love because he loved us first and then it says whoever claims to love god yet hates his brother and sister is a liar and that's man that's something we wrestle with right Mm -hmm. there where i know for me what i can easily do is if if somebody has hurt me i can forgive them but I can relive that hurt over mm-hmm. and over and over yeah. again. And every time I relive that hurt, I think about it in my mind and I, it's almost like I'm, I'm repeating it and it creates more and more division between me and that person. Right. So even though I've forgiven them, have I really, mm-hmm. if I'm allowing that hurt, whatever it might be to, it's almost like happen over and over yep. again. Yeah. I think, I mean, I keep on bringing up all these things that Jamie's going to think he's amazing, but <laughs> he, he preached on that. Like, remember he used to have the filing cabinet full of mm-hmm. letters or in this email box of people that just went off on him. Right. And you just, you know, for whatever reason, our human nature, we go back and we're like, Oh, I'm going to read that. And it just re it just rips like the scars yeah. off and makes an open wound again, not to be gross, but yeah, <laughs> Doug's going to throw up now. He's like, <laughs> uh, but that's so true. Like you have to find healing in that. And if you're, if, if like for her, or her or him, whoever this question came from, like if they just keep on harboring ill feelings towards their brother, then yeah, they're not, they're not actually forgiving him. Yeah. Like you have to work through that. And that's incredibly difficult. I understand that's easier to say mm-hmm. than, than to do. For yeah. Sure. And th- I mean, it's dependent upon Jesus a hundred percent. Like yes. we can't do it in and of ourselves. So the more that we press into our relationship with Jesus and understand his unconditional love and forgiveness of us the more that we can live that out in those relationships that we have and it is not easy we're not giving a three-minute answer to a oh yeah (laughs) and expecting you to be like okay all's good I mean it is a journey to walk in that sort of thing and I love that because I think forgiveness is a process like Mm -hmm. we're able to forgive like like the healing process and going through grief and processing all that it is like we're able to forgive up to an an extent until we're able to move on Mm -hmm. and then hopefully we're able to do a little bit more and a little bit more Mm -hmm. and I know for me like whenever I I find it difficult to forgive I I just try to remind myself of what the gospel teaches and how God has forgiven me and how I guess if if I look at the offenses I've had against or God I've done towards God man and he can forgive me then I can find strength through Christ to forgive mm-hmm. anything. Yep. But it's definitely not easy. No. Like it's it's a struggle and it's a process that goes For sure. Another question that is also not easy is how do you keep your faith separate from the human element of emotions and the quote drama or discord that can occur within the church itself? There's I, drama in the church. Wait a I second. love this question. Yeah. You know, around here, we talk all the time. Like, we're a super messy church. Um, we are, we're just a group of people that are sinners and have, we all have all kinds of baggage that come into this place. We have all sorts of past experiences in and outside of the church. Um, and you bring that in and then the church is created to be a family. And I don't know 
any family does, that doesn't have some drama. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can separate those two. Like, I don't either. Yeah. It would, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good family like analogy. It'd be like me um, going home to my family or yeah, like, like me and Rachel, it'd be like me knowing, okay, I have these wedding photos in my house. I know I, I was married to her. And then we get home and we do the emotional response towards each other and try to figure that out. You can't separate those two. That there's the foundation of truth that I know. Like I have a wedding ring on my hand. There's that foundation. But there's the human response to when I'm a jerk and she's kind mm. and compassionate. So it's so hard to separate those two. I think our faith helps us to love better. And when we learn how to love, it helps us to have greater faith as well. Yeah, and I mean, I... <laughs> I don't love the idea that we try to separate the emotions. Like God gave us emotions. Like we were creating that way. Now in a sinful world, like our emotions are not how he necessarily <laughs> intended them to be. And I think that creeps into the church mm-hmm. all the time. Like we always, we always play that. And you can look around, man, especially right now, there are so many church leaders um, that have whatever you want to put the title on fallen from grace mm-hmm. or fallen from their, their stage. And I just think like the church is extremely messy um, and that's why it shouldn't be just one person running it. That's why I love the way we're set up here because with our elders and with our staff, like there's a lot of accountability and people are being held accountable. And does everything come out the right way all the time? No, but we're able to be accountable to that. And when it doesn't come out the right way, we fix it and we, mm-hmm. you know, we honor that. So, yeah, yeah, I think maybe again, this is assuming a little bit in the question, but um, I think our experiences with people that have asked this question in the past, some of that comes from um, this false sense that the church and its leaders are perfect and that when you come into church, you also must be perfect. And I think at Believers, we work really hard to just dismantle that from the get-go. You know, so I know um, even in different churches that I grew up in, you know, attending and being a part of, um, there was just sort of this, like, yeah, you were going into church. You had to, the pastor was like put on this pedestal that he just didn't do wrong, that what he said was amazing. And that's like so stressful for that church leader. And then even as just attendees and stuff, you had to go in, you were wearing your Sunday best, you were on your best behavior, like don't come in, you know, you have before you come into the church building you better have like confessed all the things yeah. from sa- Saturday night cuz it's not welcome there and at believers we're kind of we try to be the opposite of that like you can come in mess and all but it it does require um for us to have a tremendous amount of grace for one another and so as we work through like becoming more and more like Christ Um, and understanding that we're all on this journey to that and are on different places in that journey. That means that everyone, we're not going to do it right all of the time from stage to first time guest. Like there is going to be something that happens on a Sunday (laughs) that is not right. It's just not right. Um, But like Sam said, we're kind of, if we are always trying to, to, recognize the wrong to confess it to do better the next time I think that's where you can have both your faith and emotions uh, coexisting yeah I like that I think if we can find that place where the foundation of our faith and our emotional response to the human dilemma where that meets well Mm -hmm. that's where we live yeah it's like when um when Jesus was telling a story of the the Pharisee and the tax collector the, the Pharisee was up there like at the place of worship. He was like, man, thank God. Thank you, God, that you didn't make me like this tax right. collector over here. And then the tax collector is down on the ground on his face saying like, God, have mercy on this mm-hmm. sinner. And Jesus says, yo, the tax collector is the one who's actually in the right in this. Right. He's a man that took his his understanding of God, that God is merciful and is is willing to give grace. And the emotional response to that, I'm a sinner. So mm-hmm. this is how desperately I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you walked into church one day and it was full of tax collectors on the ground crying mm-hmm. and beating their chest saying like, we are all sinners. We need your help. That's what church is supposed to look like right there. Yep. Not a bunch of righteous people standing up thinking, look how good I am. Yeah. Like, man, that, that's humbling right there. The last thing that I had to say about that would be, I think some of the greatest stories that I have in my mind from experiences in the church, like doing it the right way is when two people don't agree on something. 
but then to see them pray together and to work it out and they don't necessarily leaving like one person switch to the other side but they understand like the mission is still intact like mm-hmm. making jesus number one and that's like one person at a time yep that that it gives me goosebumps like mm-hmm. thinking about it like that's that's the way the church was supposed to be set up and work that yep. way a hundred percent all right doug i'm trusting you to have a solid answer for this question <laughs> are you ready i i, I sure hope so <laughs> okay if God knows the beginning and the end, why do I have to try? That's an amazing question. Um, and it's a question, again, I think we've said this a couple of times. When you, we read that question, we can draw certain assumptions from it. Almost like, what's the motive behind the question? And I love the way the person wrote it. Why do I have to try? Mm-hmm. And I kind of read that as like, why do I even have to care? Mm-hmm. So if God knows where I'm going, if he knows the end, if he knows the end result, why should I even care about the way I live my life? I can... I should be able to do whatever I want. And um, I think it's just, it's it's the wrong question. It's the wrong way of asking, um, I guess, what we're trying to find out here. Um, so Annabelle, my daughter, she's 10 years old and she's amazing. She's like a small version of me. She's a she's nine. How old are you? <laughs> she's a nine. <laughs> my goodness. And um, she's she's adorable. She loves to play this game called the game of life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a horrible game. I hate the game myself. But um, every time we play, she wins. I try my best and she wins every <laughs> single time. And it's so frustrating. And I'm, I'm in a place now where I know whenever we play, I know she's going to win. Right. I can try, I can, I can cheat and she still wins somehow, <laughs> but um, I know she's going to win, but I don't play that game to get to the end of the game. I don't play the game of life so that I can at the end know that daddy is better than Annabelle. I won. I play the game because I can spend time with my family because it's a relationship building experience. So even though I know she's going to win just because of the she's won every single time, um, I still do it because of the journey. And I think that's what that's what matters. Like God knows the end. He knows what's going to happen. He's know what he knows what I'm going to do. But it's about the journey to get there. Hmm. And I think the journey that God is trying to take us all through, the reason God allows us to be part of the story is so that we can be become people of love. And through that journey, I'm humbled. I realize that I don't know it all. I realize that God does know it all. And um, I'm humbled every single day. He allows me to be a part of that experience. So even though God knows the end, why should I care? Because he's trying to turn me into a person of love. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. I think it goes back to the podcast last Monday around the question of when it shifts from being about me to about us, to about mm-hmm. yeah. all the other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've asked myself this question so many times, like, why do I... Uh, it'd be probably easier if I wasn't in ministry and I could just go do something else, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, that's all about like, I, 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 it could be better for me. It could be better for this, 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 that would affect me. And when you shift that to the idea that like, there are people that don't know where they're going to spend eternity. They don't know Jesus. They don't know that love and that grace and that mercy that we get to wake up with and have that assurance. And when you shift there, then it's like, that's why I try. That's why I need to be doing this better. Cause I want to see more people come with me to heaven. Like that's, I think that's one great reason. Oh, yeah. That's an amazing (laughs) reason. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Good job, guys. I I feel like there's way more. And there's like a whole other like line underneath that that we talked about this past week. But I I don't even know how you discuss that. If you boil it down, I think the question, and it might be coming from like a a sense of like Calvinism versus Arminianism. like Predestination and all those different things. And and. Calvinists like I've never met a Calvinist that that didn't believe in evangelism yep they all believe in evangelism Mm -hmm. still and they're not saying you know just because God has determined the course of my life I'm not going to share my faith because again it's it's the wrong question it's it's how can I become more like Jesus through this journey and in that of course I'm going to tell others about God it's it's who I am so somebody outside of the faith I mean they could ask like well if God knows the end why should I care and that's more of like a theological philosophical question but like inside the church as people of faith, why do I care? Because God has taken me in this journey to become more like him and I can share my faith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, it is. And I mean, there's like deep theology behind both and how the Holy Spirit calls everybody to him or if he only calls the elect. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, there are a lot of nuances within that that yeah. can be difficult to talk about in an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> is that wow. what we're going for today? Oh my gosh. Someone listening to this right I now is like, all like, right, I'm okay. done. Whoa, the end. We just but wait, lost. Stay, 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 because we have yeah. one last question. And it's a good one. <laughs> so, last question is How am I supposed to handle the fact that my faith comes in waves? I remember vaguely a uh, mention that it's bad, for lack of better words, to have this happen. My faith towards God, um, my faith is towards God, but is definitely stronger some periods than others. And I, I just love this question. Yeah, I love even how they worded it, like wave after wave. I mm-hmm. hope they didn't hear that here, though. Oh, that's but, bad. Yeah, that faith that is, is bad, lacking. Is right. bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are just. I think this in so many areas of life, but there are just seasons. Mm-hmm. There are seasons of peaks and valleys and um even going off of what you guys were just talking about in the last question like there's a there's a refining that happens when we are in pursuit of who god is so we'll go through seasons of like being really low and feeling really disconnected and then we'll go through those seasons where we're feeling like i mean jesus is just right beside me all the time he never changes in that but we kind of um, have that perception, I think. And so for me, um, I think a lot of it, I don't think that it's bad. I think it's just reality. Um, but to combat it, to combat those waves from happening or maybe feeling like they, there are longer seasons where you don't feel as close to the Lord and to bring that, um, you know, to lessen that length of time. I think it's, it depends a lot on our pursuit of Jesus. So I think of it kind of like a dating marriage relationship, right? So when you're dating, um, you're just like wanting to spend all the time with the other person and you can't get enough and you're, you know, investing in things and doing things that they love to do that you hate doing, but you just love being with this person. So you're going to do it. Um, So there's that relational just pull that you want to be involved in knowing who they are and discovering what they love and what they like to do and all of the things. And then we can get into marriage. And if we don't continue that pursuit of knowing our partner, um, it can, we can hit those ruts where it's just like, I don't even know this person that I'm living with anymore. Or, um, you know, what used to, he used to like, or she used to like, they don't even, that's not even who they are. Um, so we have to keep pursuing them. We have to keep rediscovering like how they're changing, how they're, uh, what they're into now, like all those things. And it's the same thing in our relationship with the Lord. Like if we're not in pursuit of that and spending time with him and praying and being in God's word and all those things, then yeah, we're definitely going to hit those valleys. Yeah. I would say if you're, if you're having seasons of where your faith is doubting, like you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you look up the, like if we take the disciples as an example, which is pretty good example because right. they got to walk with Jesus and like they spent time, a lot of time with him. But uh, I was reading the gospel project and they were just talking about this idea of faith and like the lack of faith um, and how Thomas just gets a terrible doubting. Thomas gets a terrible rap but in fact, like all of them doubted. Yeah. Like when the women came and said in Luke twenty four eleven, the women came and told them that Jesus wasn't in the tomb anymore. Like he's alive. And they said, but these words seem like nonsense and they did not believe the women. <laughs> yeah. Like God, guys have been making that mistake <laughs> for centuries now. <laughs> like True. did not True believe story. the yeah. women. Uh, but yeah, like that's the idea is like, man, even they doubted and they got to walk with Jesus. So we're sitting here and I can't think of the reference right now, but it just talks about the people that have not been able to spend time with Jesus and see him mm-hmm. like their reward will be mm-hmm. like through the roof. And yeah. that, that gives me confidence in my faith. Yeah. I mean, Jesus says that right after he talks to Thomas, yep. like, yep. like blessed are you because yeah. you've seen me, Thank but you. man, there are some coming like us pretty much that will not see me and they're still going to believe. And yeah. that's man, it's way more difficult, but Yeah. Um, so I love, so it's amazing. Cause like you said, Sam, if you look at the disciples, man, their whole life was a roller coaster of faith yes. and you look at Peter, right? So he's a guy who was so bold, I think bold in 
what he wanted to do and found it difficult to trust in what Jesus told him to do. So he's bold. He's like, yo, let me come out on the water with you. And Jesus is like, yeah, why don't you do that? And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and then he, he sinks in the water because yeah. he doubted what Jesus told him to do. He's bold. He's like, this. I want to do this. I want to experience this. Mm-hmm. And when you step into it, it's it's not what you thought. Right. And he starts sinking. And it was so and it's amazing. I was actually reading this to kind of prep for this. And um, when Jesus is about to be arrested, Peter draws his sword and he cuts off the ear of one of the high priest's servants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty bold, right? If you're trying to protect your, your homeboy, I'm yeah. gonna pull my sword and chop off this dude's ear. And you know right. that servant was like, Are you I'm not even He's like, I'm just a I'm servant. <laughs> you're kidding me, now I've lost an ear. I think he tried to like swing for the high priest and he's just really bad. <laughs> he's terrible. Bad. Yeah. He was horrible. And yeah. the ear, like, I'm gonna aim for this guy's ear. No, yeah. he was he was Vander trying, Holyfield. He's trying he to, was trying to decapitate him or yeah. something and just got the ear. Yeah. So I mean, that's bold because if you cut off a man's ear, there are a lot of bad things that could happen to you. Yeah, like, that's true. There were Roman soldiers there that witnessed this thing go down, right? I mean, it's a pretty bold move. Yeah. But then, like, right after that, like, seriously, right after that, in John 18, it says this. Um, one of the high priest's servants, a relative to the man whose ear Peter had cut <laughs> off, Jeez. directly connected to this guy, right? He challenged him, wait, didn't I see you in the garden? Or didn't I see you with Jesus in the garden? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the rooster began to crow. Right. That was the third denial that yeah. Jesus had against Jesus. He goes from being bold enough to cut off a man's ear for Jesus to denying that he even knew him. Right. From so, the guy who saw him cut off the ear. Yeah, from a <laughs> relative of that dude. Yeah. And um, it's, it's shocking that your actions can be so bold mm-hmm. and yet... Just a few minutes later, your words, something that are way easier to do, fall short. Yeah. yeah. And so. just, if you don't know that story, Jesus heals the guy's ear too. He does. So yeah. Don't, don't worry. I mean, the guy's healed, the so that's good. Yeah. And, and then they still arrest him. I was like, I can't even, my brain doesn't even work that way. You see a dude heal somebody's ear, yeah. and you're like, yeah, we still gotta, we, we gotta, gotta take, take you in, care. big dog. <laughs> we gotta do this. Uh, so, um, the last thing on this one, and uh-huh. I got this, this is not from my own thing. I found this from the Gospel Project again. But I love this about the idea of faith and like the seasons that we come in. Mm-hmm. And they said, do we question God to understand him or do we question God to condemn him? Mm. And I just thought that idea of faith, yeah. like that's, that is the crossing over the line. If you're, if you're questioning God just because you want to find out more about why he's doing what he's doing, seeking where his direction is, or if you're doing it to condemn him, like that is, mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to sit in on your faith and yeah. in the season that you're in. And it is, it's all the motive behind it. Like if I'm doubting, am I doubting because of just, I mean, if you think about our doubt, right? Our doubt isn't as easy as we assume. It's not just a, well, I have faith. And then sometimes I don't have faith. I mean, look at seasons of doubt. It's everything from your circumstances to the Mm -hmm. people that are involved, to your previous experiences up to that moment. To your attitude. To your attitude, to what you had for lunch that day. Mm -hmm. Like, like there are so many different variables and layers to our doubt. We can't simply just say, well, I had strong faith yesterday and today who knows mm-hmm. and to embrace some of that and to think about it and not to be afraid of it and to be willing to talk about it but not to not be content to live in that mm-hmm. and I think for me my seasons of doubt it's easy to kind of lose motivation and to live in those moments and that's where it becomes dangerous mm-hmm. like are, are you are you trying to read are you trying to pursue God are you trying to pray are you doing these things as if your faith was strong, yeah. hoping to get back to that place of strength? Yeah. I know for me, that cycle that I've seen embarrassingly too often in my life is like when things are going really well, then I just kind of become apathetic. I, I kind of become like that prior question. Like, why do I even have to try? Like yeah. things are going well. You know, I can start to like slip out of my routine of like my first 15 yeah. or whatever, I can just fall into like my own self-centered patterns and not that pursuit of Jesus. And then soon after that, it seems like then there's like some crisis that will hit, whether it's for me personally, someone in my life that's close to me or whatever. And then that kind of pushes me back into that space of hot pursuit of Jesus to like come in the middle of this thing, you know, make himself known and that's the cycle that can happen yeah. too often. So it's like being purposeful about no matter the season that we're in, if we can be purposeful in pursuing Jesus in and out of doubt, in and out of good and bad circumstances, um, then I think that's where 
like those periods of doubt will become will actually become less and less like it's I don't want to like leave this part of conversation and feel like yeah like you're just always going to doubt like I think my doubt has become less and less as I've continued pursuing Jesus like he continues to reveal himself to me in new ways and those doubts still come but they're like just framed a little differently and and the Lord is revealing himself to us. Yeah, and I think I think the devil loves those times in our life when we oh, just become sure. stagnant. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like I don't think Apathetic. he yeah, it's just yeah. like oh man, this I got him exactly. They're not in the valley where they're seeking uh-huh. out God and they're not on the mountaintop where they're celebrating what God has done. They're right. just they're just in it, just doing mm. whatever they want to do. And yeah. I just think that he loves that. So, space. Oh, yeah. so the more we can combat against that mm-hmm. and stay out of that, and that, that takes that takes having people around you, having mm-hmm. people in your inner circle that can speak to that, that can encourage you, um, that can test you, and that can like you know push you through those uh, so that we don't stay on that. It's like the lukewarm water that Jesus talks about. Yep. Yeah, it, it's amazing because I love seeing somebody who's been following Jesus their entire life. They're a little bit older. They're way more mature in their faith. Yep. And they have such a confidence about them. Yes. And it's like, I, I envy that. And I, I can't wait till I'm in that place <laughs> yes. where I have all these like shared experiences between me and God. And I've seen him show up countless times. And um, and it is, it's just a lifelong or a, a life's journey of following Jesus. And you get to the point in life where it, it's a confidence because you've seen God show up so many times. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a... Yeah, it's a place of just total reliance. Yeah. Well, it's not an arrogance. It's yeah, a confidence. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. I was looking yeah, for. Yeah. It's not an arrogance. It's just like a deeply rooted, humble perspective mm-hmm. on what God has done. And mm-hmm. I started the podcast talking about sports, but I think I'll end it this way. Oh, it's nice. a great <laughs> example of like, I mean, LeBron James has now been in the NBA for, I think this is his 16th or 17th season. He's 35. And the idea of like when he was younger and he got into like a championship game, it was a mess. He yeah. did not know how to handle the situation. But now you fast forward and he's been in the league. He's done all these experiences and he just handles it like a veteran. Like we see Christians. I love, I love, I love when there's an older Christian and a mature Christian and they go through something that I would have freaked out about. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have made people mad and I would have made all these mistakes. Um, But they just handle it perfectly. Not perfectly, but because Jesus is only perfect. But they handle it in (laughs) such a way that it's just like, oh, I I strive to do that. I want to do that. Yeah, which is why men's wearing is so important. Yes. If you're mm-hmm. there, if you are that the wise Christian who's been through life and has, has seen everything and you're in a place of just comfort and relying on God, bring somebody younger along with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because there is somebody that is in your circle right now. There's somebody that you interact with on a weekly basis, worshiping right next to you, maybe on Sunday, yeah. who needs your wisdom and guidance. Yeah, and you can so do that okay. at any age. Oh, yeah. Like right. you don't have to wait till you're 65 to start mentoring somebody like, yeah. man, start today. Find somebody that's not been a Christian as long as you, and you guys start working together and start talking through this stuff. Like, man, God will use that. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) How many questions? We still have a question, don't we? Nope, that's it. If you're enjoying the Made for Mondays podcast, please share on your social media feeds and be sure to leave us a positive rating and review. Also, all summer long, our episodes will be answering your questions. Do you have questions about faith, God, the Bible, Christian a uh, perspective on cultural current events, current cultural events. That's what I meant to say. My mind is a mess right now. I still don't know what, what you just said. <laughs> Other topics, anything. Nobody's listening. Anything. You can send them to us by emailing madeformondays@believerschurch.org. The link is included in the show notes. Thanks for being here, friends. Let's do all we can to be love this week. <laughs>